the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God will never overpower our own free will. He'll speak to us. Hey, I want you to go talk to that person. He'll do that all the time. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Man, when you pray in tongues, it's like you're praying to the Lord. And your spirit is praying and it's edifying you because he knows more what you need than what you know what you need. Sometimes we're frustrated. Sometimes we're burdened and it's beyond belief. And it's in those times that we can pray in another tongue. And it's the spirit inside of us who's actually praying, who really know what the true needs are. How many times we thought, well, I need this. We can sometimes think that we know what we need to fix our problem. But that might not be what we need to fix our problem. God knows what we need to fix our problem. That's why the Bible says in Romans 8, 26, and in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself, he intercedes for us, groanings too deep for words. Wow. That brings so much insight to this. Some say this gift died off with the original disciples. Well, (laughs) I don't believe that at all. There's people that don't believe in the gifts today and and they'll say things like that for two main reasons. Number one, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible doesn't teach that the gifts are no longer there. The Bible doesn't say that. For Paul in this chapter is giving what? Directions, what? To the Corinthians that are, you know, way down the road from when Jesus, after he resurrected from the dead. And number two, I myself speak with tongues, okay? So it definitely didn't die off. Some would say that this gift is available to everybody. I don't believe all can have this gift. You know, this gift is distributed by the Holy Spirit of God individually, okay? Just as he wills. If you go to 1 Corinthians twelve eleven, where it lists some of the other gifts, God gives it out as he wills. Now, see, I've had different gifts before, and I've shared this before. Uh, I know that God gave me the gift of faith to buy this building when we didn't have any money. Here we are, a new church in Los Angeles. We just celebrated our third year anniversary, and we're putting down $600,000 on a building that costs $8.5 million, and we don't have any other money, no bank will loan us money, but I knew God was going to give us this building. I knew it was going to happen, and I'll tell you, I had the gift of faith for that. There's times that God gives a particular gift at a particular moment for a particular thing, and he gives them as he wills for his glory, and that's what he did with this building. He gave us a building, just like he told me, and here we are to this day. Praise Jesus for that, you know, amen. So if it's God's will for you, like if I was you, I would be asking for the gift of tongues. I would be asking. If it's God's will for you to have this gift, then he'll give it to you. But if it's not, 
then you won't have it. It's it's as simple as that. But just like all the gifts of God, that's how he deals with everything. But know this, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues. However, verse 19, in the church, when I'm speaking to other people, I desire to speak five words in my own mind that I may instruct others also rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. So what do you think he's saying there? Why are you using this gift in the church? He's saying that the more important gift that we should all focus on is prophecy. Proclaiming the truth of God's word. That's what we should be asking for. Oh God, help me somehow lay out the truth to people. Lord, use me today somehow. Tomorrow's Monday. Everyone's coming to work. They're all bummed out. Lord, how can I encourage them? How can I lift them up somehow with your word? What can I do? He went on to say in verse 23, if a non-believer enters into the church and we're all speaking in tongues, we're going to sound like we've all gone mad, like we're crazy, deranged lunatics. And that's exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost when they started speaking in these, what it looked like, all these different languages because it was and they're like how is this happening here so what did the people say they said these people are all drunk and that's when the apostle peter got up and started giving the message on the day of pentecost and he says these people aren't drunk it's nine o'clock in the morning the bars aren't even open yet because but rather this was the fulfillment of what the prophet joel talked about in the last days The Holy Spirit of God will be poured out upon all mankind. Which brings up our point, meeting with purpose. Let's pick up and read in 1 Corinthians 14, 23. It says, if therefore the whole church should assemble together and we all speak in tongues and ungifted men or unbelievers come into church and we have unbelievers come in here all the time. At every service, we have new people that come in. And we don't know, you know, we have some new people tonight, praise Jesus. But, you know, we don't know if these are believers. We don't know if they're immature believers, massive mature believers, you know, people that are seeking, you know. We we don't know, you know, right? So it's like that's why we have a, a conduct that happens at the church. We don't want to scare anybody away. That's why he says, what happens if an unbeliever enters? They will say, you guys are all mad. You're crazy. You're lunatics. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, then he's convicted by all and he is called to account by all because you're teaching the truth of God's word. Okay, so verse 25, the secrets of his heart are disclosed and so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. How many times if you've been coming to church here, have you seen people make commitments to Christ? It happens almost every service. I have people raise their hand. At the second service uh, uh, today, uh, there was uh, probably, I don't know, six or seven hands that went up. I was going to have people come forward in an altar call, but I was already running so late, so I didn't. But last week, we had like 22 people come forward, you know? And it's like almost every service, there's some hands that come forward. And that's the fruit of teaching the truth of God's word. 
And that's exactly what happened here on the day of Pentecost. Remember, there was 3,000 people that came forward. But, but moving on here, that's why here at Core Church, we teach the truth of God's word. That's why we teach book by book, chapter by chapter. So Sunday morning, we're always going through a book of the Bible. But we as believers are called to do what again? Proclaim the truth of God's word. To what? A sick and dying world that's living in darkness. So Paul is very blunt here. Why is he so blunt on this subject here? Because there was a real problem that was happening in all these new churches that were started up with many in the church at Corinth, you know, just like we see still today. For obviously, there were many who just started speaking in tongues during the church service. You know, I've seen this happen many times in my travels. Because every time we go on vacation, me and my wife, we always go to church on Sunday. So it doesn't matter what state we are, what continent we're on. It doesn't matter. It's like if we're there on Sunday, we're going to a church somewhere. We went to this church in North Carolina. Uh, We were going to Emerald Island, North Carolina for a week-long vacation at the beach. And we went to this church uh, right outside of Norfolk. And we walk in. They close the door. Place was packed. Everyone's speaking in tongues. People are running up and down the aisle. People are wholly dancing in the front, you know. There's streamers. There's tambourines going. I mean, I'm like, this is a circus. I mean, <laughs> it's like, I mean, my kids are like, they had never seen anything like this. And I'm just like, okay, well, there you go. See, that's exactly what the Apostle Paul... Now, look, if everyone wants that in that church, it's like, it's unbiblical, but everyone wants it, they want it. But what about the people that walk in that are just like, hey, you know what, man, I need God in my life. You know, I don't know anything about God. There's a church on the corner. Let's just go there. And then they walk in and they see that. They're like, oh my goodness, if this is God, I don't want this. Well, newsflash, that's not God. And that's why we have a chapter like this completely devoted to this problem so that churches don't do this. So I can only assume that the churches that do that, they just don't read. They go from chapter 13 to chapter 15. Chapter 14 doesn't even exist to them. Like, how do you deal with this doctrine when you do that? I believe this happens many times because of pride in people. People want to be seen of men. They want to be noticed, you know. Oh, that's brother so-and-so. Oh, look how spiritual he is. You know, in a message would be going, and someone just stand up. And it's like, the heck is that? See, there's one spirit. If the spirit is on the preacher preaching, he's not working through someone else standing up and causing a distraction. See, they want to be seen as spiritual. Yet those who are truly spiritual would never want to be seen. When you are truly spiritual, it's like, don't draw attention to yourself. Because if God is working in you, you don't want to be seen because it's all him, right? We want all the glory to go to the Lord. Everything to the Lord. All to the Lord. But they want to receive the glory. And when others come into a church, especially unbelievers, and they see weird things, they will wonder are these people crazy? These people are crazy. They're nuts. Again, when the church meets, we are here as the body of Christ, and we are to meet with 
true purpose and that's to keep the main thing the main thing and the main thing is providing an atmosphere for the proclamation of the word of God so that it can have its perfect work in each and every one of us this is why Paul said in verse 24 and 25 that people would be convicted of their sin and fall on their faces which of course is a sign of repentance and true worship of God. Remember this morning, for those of you that were here in our morning message, we talked about Isaiah. Then he had the smoking gun of woe, woe to everyone for the first five chapters. But when he got a glimpse of God himself, he fell on his face to God and said, woe is me. Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. Who am I to have a little vision of God? See, because he was a true man of God. This leads into our final points. Doing things orderly underline that doing things orderly okay that's how god wants things done in the church he doesn't want them done disorderly god is a god of order he wants things done orderly first corinthians fourteen thirty two says in the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophecies get that's a very important point if god fills you with the spirit he says that spirit is subject to you for god is not a god of confusion but a God of peace, but as in all the churches of the saints. Let the women keep silent in the churches. We're going to talk about this, so ladies don't come unglued here. For, for they are not permitted to speak. Ladies, don't speak. Don't you ever speak. When you come into this church, don't speak. No, just kidding. We're going to explain this in a second here. But let them be subject themselves, just as the law also says. And if they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is improper for a woman to speak in a church. Again, there's a reason why he said this. We'll explain this. Verse 36. Was it from you that the word of God first went forth? Or... Has it come to you only? If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize that the things which I write to you are the Lord's commandments. But if anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, to proclaim the truth of God's word, and do not forbid to speak in tongues, but let things be done properly in an orderly manner. And when he says, you know, he like says, look, I don't want you to do tongues in church, but if it does happen like occasionally, he goes on to say in verse 27, 28, let it be followed by an interpretation. Meaning if there ever was a time for a tongue, there would be the interpretation that would follow. Meaning if there is no interpretation that follows, then that person needs to be silent because God is not speaking to him. So now take special notice of verse 32, 33, and verse 40. It says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Verse 32, 33, and verse 40. It's subject to the prophet. This is God. God is not a God of confusion. And let all things be done properly in an orderly manner. So what this means, it just simply means there is to be no weirdness at all in the church. You should never walk into church and have to deal with weirdness. If any of you ever finally talk someone in that of your work, a coworker, a neighbor, you got to come to my church, you got to check it out. If you ever talk them into that, we will never disappoint you. We will never do something weird, bizarre, crazy, insane where those people are going to leave. Now they might walk out and say, I don't agree with that, 
I don't agree with that at all. Okay, that's fine. But at least you got taught the word of God. You got taught the truth. Let the Holy Spirit soften it in their heart later. But they're not going to walk out, well, that was crazy. It's like that should never happen. First, he says, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Why? Because when someone is doing something weird, many times the first thing they say is this. Well, hey, man, that the spirit came on me. I, I couldn't control myself. I just felt it. It had to come out. Come out. Know this. The only spirit that was coming over that person was a spirit of weirdness. I was at work, and I just felt like I had to jump up on my desk and preach Jesus to everybody in the name of Jesus. Uh, that was not the spirit of God. People are going to look at you like you are a madman. You have lost your mind. God will never overpower our own free will. He'll lay things on our heart. He'll speak to us. Hey, I want you to go talk to that person. He'll do that all the time. But he will never overpower you. He will never make you, oh, I've got my hand on my back. Oh, Joe, I've got to tell you about Jesus right now. The Spirit is on me. Uh, Joe's looking at you like, bro, you need to go to an insane asylum, okay? God just doesn't do that. Now, the devil will. The devil will possess people. And we've seen demon-possessed people. Uh, we're getting the front of the church here painted, and I was looking at them as they were doing the primer coat here. So I was walking in front, and the, this guy, this homeless guy, was walking up the sidewalk, and he was having a full, detailed conversation with somebody. It wasn't me. And I just seen him, and he's, you know, and I'm just like, this is a crazy man. Well, this guy's probably demon-possessed. Who knows what's happened in that person's life? So we know that the devil will possess people, but Jesus will never, ever seek out someone and just make them do things. Jesus wants willing vessels. He wants you and me to be willing, that we have the privilege of being used by God, that we would recognize that. That's why when God lays on your heart, maybe you should talk to this one coworker. Hey, maybe you should talk to this person coming out of Ralph's. Hey, maybe you should talk to this person sitting on the bench and you walk by. Uh, no. Well, that's your choice. He won't force you to do it. God is looking for a willing vessel. And there's been times I've listened to that voice and times I haven't. But I can say that most of the time, I always listen. I might pass him. I'll turn around and go back and talk to him. And most of the time, when that little voice comes in, talk to this person, it's always for a good reason. Man, you'll walk up to some stranger. Hey, and I'll just tell him. It's like, hey, how's it going? Someone's sitting on the bench because you're like, hey, you might think this is really weird, but hey, I'm a Christian, and I just want you to know that I was walking by you, and you know, the Spirit of God, I just felt him touch my heart, and I just want you to know how much God loves you. Just throw it out there. And I'll tell you so many times, like, wow, I can't believe you said that. Man, I'm sitting here. I don't know what to do. My, my wife just left me. You know, I just had a death in the family. I just got some bad news from the doctor. And then all of a sudden, what do you do at that point? Well, hey, God bless you. See you. No, you, you, you move in at that point. Well, I'm so glad that I had this opportunity. Let me ask you, you know, where are you at in your relationship with God? Well, I don't really have one. Well, let me tell you how much Jesus loves you. You know, it just goes on like that. But see, God doesn't force you to do it. He doesn't drag you over there. He lays it on your heart, and he's always looking for the willing vessel to work in and through. That's why here at Core Church Los Angeles, we don't allow anything that's weird to go on here. 
And we've had everything tried here at least once. I mean, we've had people come in with tambourines, you know, and all of a sudden, they're, you know, there it goes, and it comes out at worst of time, and then they start moving around, and, and it's like, uh, no, that's a distraction here. You know, one of the reasons we turn the lights off during worship is we want you to worship, we want you to focus on the worship music. We want you just to kind of get out of your own little world. We want you to forget last week and all that. And we just want you to focus on the Lord. So one of the reasons we turn the lights down is, you know, so you're not looking around like, hey, look at that person. Would they get dressed in the closet with the lights turned off? I mean, you know, it's just, you know, you, that's what happens. We start looking around at other people like, no, 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 just just focus on the Lord. We're, just, we're trying to keep distractions to a minimum. We have a wonderful children's ministry, but a lot of times people want to bring their little kids in here. They don't understand what's happening, and they're like moving around, they're running up and down the aisles and all of this, and it's like, and, and we try to tell the parents, no, 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 your children, if they're you know under seven, eight years old, they need to go into children's ministry. We have a wonderful children's ministry to teach children on their level. So two-year-olds, you get taught Jesus on a two-year-old level three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, and they're in there with other children their same age. They get goodies. Hey, we don't give you goldfish in there, but they get goldfish, okay? They get goodies. They get drawing papers, all these things on their level to teach them about Jesus. Why would you bring your five-year-old or four-year-old in here? Because they're going to grow up to hate church. I don't get this. This is boring. That guy's boring. You know, it's like, let him go and be ministered to in the children's ministry. But people will get offended by that. But we're trying to keep distractions to a minimum. Again, why? Because just like we're taught here, God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of order. Meaning we don't want people to think that Christianity is filled with complete and total weirdness. And we all know weirdness. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out weirdness. If something looks weird, it's pretty much weird, right? I mean, it's like, no matter what, we are always to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that, of course, is teaching the truth of the Word of God. So whether people are coming into the church or they're talking to us outside of the church, we should always stick to proclaiming the truth of God's Word with a loving spirit. Make sure that you're not doing anything strange. And notice in verse 34, he says to women, no talking in church, ladies. Now, here in context, we have to put this in context of this chapter, it's in proclaiming the truth of God's word. Women are not to teach in the church over men. He says in 1 Timothy 2.11, let a woman quietly receive instruction with entire submission, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. Now, it's amazing to me that most churches that allow the confusion of tongues with no restraints, they also allow women as pastors and teachers in the church. But we must understand this is out of God's will. Again, Paul is bringing order into the church. The churches just now are springing up. It used to just be Jewish synagogues. Now we have the church of the born-again believers, and there has to be order put out here early. We have to understand that in this culture, women were not even allowed to even enter the synagogue. Now, Christianity had brought great freedom to women. Women are now allowed in the church. For back in this day, even up until the last century, women couldn't even vote. 
They couldn't get a driver's license. So God was establishing freedom for women. God established that he does not love men more than women at all. And thank God for women in the church. I don't even know how many servants we have here, but so many of them are women. And we have so many things that are done so well here because women have a sensitivity in their heart to serve the Lord. So women are equal in God's eyes. And God uses both women and men to accomplish his work. And when there's no man to be used, he will use a woman in a heartbeat. And trust me, I have seen God really use his girls. God loves his girls. Trust me on this. My wife is an incredible teacher. Now, you ladies that have come out to the women's study, you've heard my wife before. You know, she's an incredible teacher. She has a gift of encouraging other women. My wife is an incredible teacher, and I have to be honest. I've sat in a lot of churches to listen to a lot of pastors. And to be quite honest, my wife's a better teacher than many of the pastors that I've met, okay? But there's an order in God's church, and he calls men to be the pastors, not women. It doesn't mean that a woman can't teach better than a man, because in some cases, they do. God has used hundreds, hundreds and thousands of women uh, mightily. God is a God of order. And when we submit to his purpose and to his will, then the word of God is proclaimed mightily. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.